Chapter Number Fifteen of the Jungle Girl by Gordon Casserly. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. A Strange Rescue. Neither Muriel, absorbed in watching the wedding, nor the two men engrossed in their dispute, had noticed the Chinese come riding along the road and pulling up when they saw the peasants gathered together. One of them had been about to question the villagers from his saddle when his eyes fell on the disguised girl standing apart from the crowd. He stared at her for a few moments. Then he spoke hurriedly to his companions, and springing from the mule's back, seized Muriel in a rough grasp. At her cry, Frank ran back, forgetting his disguise. He recognized in her assailant the pock-marked officer of the Amban. The man, seeing him coming, drew a revolver, but Wargrave whipped out his pistol quicker and without hesitation shot him through the heart. The Chinaman collapsed to the ground and in his fall dragged the girl down. His comrade fired at his slayer and, missing him, wheeled his mule around and galloped off. Tashi returned the shot while Frank ran to Muriel. He fired several times and the rider was apparently hit, for he fell forward on the neck of his animal, but he recovered himself and, crouching low, was still in the saddle when a turn in the road hid him from sight the startled villagers scattered and fled in terror at the tragedy suddenly enacted in their midst the six cowardly husbands deserting their new-made wife and leaving her to follow as they ran away which she did at her utmost speed frank freed muriel from the stiffened grasp of the dead man and helped her to her feet then the three hurried from the fatal spot, so lately filled by a cheerful crowd of merrymakers and now tenanted only by the corpse that lay with sightless eyes staring up at the blue sky. They made for the shelter of jungle-clad hills that rose a couple of miles away. From now onwards, for two or three weeks, the fugitives led the lives of hunted rats. They traveled generally only by night, avoiding villages and farms and keeping away from the road as much as possible. They were in the southern zone of Bhutan, lying nearest the Indian frontier, a region of precipitous hills ten or twelve thousand feet high, their sides clothed with dense vegetation of deep fever-laden valleys of awe-inspiring gorges of rivers liable to sudden floods and rising in a few hours thirty or forty feet tashi in various disguises occasionally visited villages in search of food and information while the lovers awaited his return in some hidden spot frank holding the anxious girl in his arms and trying to calm her fears in one excursion the ex-lama got the first definitive news of the pursuit 
he learnt that the amban had returned unexpectedly to tuna the plot in his favour in pekin having failed he was not satisfied by the tales told by the monks of the lamissary to account for muriel's mysterious disappearance which was that she had been carried off by the devils he insisted on a search being made for her along the road to the indian border and sent his own chinese guards to direct the pursuit the companion of the pockmarked man had got back to tuna and told of their recognition of her young she hung furious at the death of his officer but overjoyed at the discovery of the girl set out at once with his personal followers and a body of the penops soldiers to take up the chase the fugitives hotly pursued had several hairbreadth escapes once they almost blundered into a bivouac of their enemies at night they succeeded at last in reaching the great forest in which wargrave and the ex-lama had parted from the elephants the forest which ran along the foot and closed the northern slopes of the second last range of mountains between them and the frontier but alas there was no trace of badshaw's herd yet this was not surprising for they found themselves in a part unknown to them through this vast jungle they travelled by day until one evening they reached a deep gorge that pierced the range and seemed to promise a passage through the mountains they camped for the night by its mouth intending to enter it at sunrise dawn found them breaking their fast on a scanty meal of dried mutton and bananas suddenly tashi stopped eating and held up a warning hand his companions drew their pistols frank having given his second weapon to muriel presently they heard the faint sounds of an animal's approach on their track just as they had risen silently to their feet three gigantic dogs appeared scenting their trail they were tibetan mastiffs such as are to be chained in the courtyards of lamissaries at sight of them the huge brutes stopped crouched for an instant showing their fangs in a fierce snarl and then rushed at them without hesitation the three fired one of the dogs dropped dead but the others the wounded came on one bounded at muriel frank threw himself in front of her firing rapidly at it several bullets struck it but the savage brute sprang at his throat he grappled with it striving by main strength to hold it off muriel rushed to his aid and putting her pistol to the mastiff's head shot it dead tashi meantime had killed the third knowing that their pursuers must be close behind the dogs they fled into the gorge on either hand stupendous cliffs towered up two thousand feet above them scarcely a hundred yards apart seeming to meet overhead and shut off the sky here and there the giant walls were split from top to bottom in slits opening off the main passage 
as the fugitives ran on the gorge narrowed until it was scarcely fifty yards wide and they began to fear that it might prove only a cul-de-sac in which they would be hopelessly trapped they heard cries behind them strangely echoed by the rocky walls breathless panting their tired limbs giving way under them they staggered blindly on the pass turned sharply to the right as they approached the bend they became aware of a dull rumbling and the ground which suddenly began to slope steeply down shook violently under their feet wondering what new danger what fresh horror awaited them they stumbled on turned the corner and stopped short in dismayed despair from side to side the gorge was filled with a tumultuous racing flood of foam-flecked water a rushing river that poured out of a natural tunnel in this deeply sloping rocky bottom of the pass as from a sluice it surged against the precipitous cliffs leaping up against the walls that hemmed it in sweeping in mad onset of white-topped waves and eddying whirlpools flinging spray high in air the stoutest swimmer would be tossed about hopelessly in it rolled over and over choked suffocated sucked under the life beaten out of him for one wild moment frank thought of seizing muriel in his arms and springing into the raging flood but the sheer hopelessness of escape that way checked him it was certain death better to turn and face their pursuers there was more chance of life in battling with a score or two of butanese swordsmen than with the tumbling tossing waters so pistol in hand the three retraced their steps looking everywhere for a suitable spot to make a stand but on either hand the cliffs rose sheer their faces seemed here and there with cracks but with never a crevice big enough to shelter them they passed the bend and a few hundred yards beyond it some large rocks fallen from the cliff on one side lay close against its base frank resolved to take their stand here it was the only cover visible they fitted the holster stocks to their pistols converting them into carbines which could be fired from the shoulder enabling them to aim more accurately at a longer range then while tashi crept cautiously along the pass to scout the subaltern and the girl examined the position for defence thus occupied they were startled by shots ringing out echoing down the vast canyon taking cover they saw their companion running back followed by a body of men a few mounted the majority on foot some had firearms others bows the rest swords wargrave and muriel opened on the pursuers with their automatic weapons and checked them tashi was about a hundred yards from shelter when a shot struck him he stumbled and fell while a howl of delight rose from his foes as he tried to struggle up bullets kicked up the dust round him 
and several arrows dropped near muriel lose off as many cartridges as you can to cover me said wargrave laying his pistol beside her before the girl realized his meaning he had sprung out from the rocks and was running towards tashi for a moment the pursuers were puzzled by his action and then fired their rifles and matchlocks and shot arrows at him but unscathed he reached the wounded man who had been so faithful a comrade to him raising him on his back he staggered towards the rocks while muriel pumped lead at the enemy and succeeded in keeping down their fire somewhat as wargrave laid the ex lama on the ground in shelter tashi seized his hand and touched it with his lips and forehead in silent gratitude frank hurriedly examined and bandaged the wound made by a large caliber bullet which had passed through the leg below the knee lacerating the muscles but not injuring the bone then he took up his post again while tashi dragged himself up behind a rock and opened fire on their foes these were for the most part bhutanese but there were several chinese among them look look frank there's the amban cried muriel excitedly pointing to a man who rode into sight along the pass on a white mule she fired at him the bullet missed him but apparently went unpleasantly close for yun shi hung galloped back into shelter behind a projecting buttress of the cliffs the attackers numbered sixty or eighty they were apparently staggered by the rapid fire poured into them which killed or wounded several of them some tried to find shelter by huddling against the side of the pass and others flung themselves on the ground behind boulders but the leaders urged them on there could be little doubt as to the issue of the fight the bullets from the chinamen's rifles and the bhutanese matchlocks spattered the rocks or the face of the cliff but the archers began to shoot almost vertically into the air from their strong bamboo bows and several iron-tipped four-feathered arrows dropped behind the cover one missing wargrave by a hand's breadth fearing for muriel he tried to shield her with his body what's the use dearest she said if you are killed i don't want to live indeed we must both die now i shall not be taken alive kiss me and tell me once more that you love me he held her to his heart in a passionate embrace and kissed her fondly they are coming now sahib said tashi and i have only a few cartridges left the lovers paid no heed good-bye my dear dear love whispered muriel i'm happier dying with you than living without you frank kissed her solemnly now for the last time then they turned to face the enemy the swordsmen were massing for a charge crouching low they held their shields before them and waved their long bladed daws above their head uttering fierce yells 
suddenly the amban and other mounted men who had been sheltering out of sight dashed into view and rode madly into the rear ranks knocking down and trampling on anyone in their way the men on foot looked behind and broke into a run coming on in a disordered mob but it was not a charge it was more like a panic for with wild cries of frantic terror they fled past the defenders who fearing a trick fired their last cartridges into them dropping several some of whom tried to rise and drag themselves on in dread of something terrible behind then into sight came a vast herd of wild elephants filling the gorge from cliff to cliff and moving at a slow trot a huge bull led them lines of other tuskers behind them crowds of females and calves bringing up the rear the onset of the mass of great monsters was terrifying it was appalling irresistible muriel cried out it's badshaw frank it's badshaw look at the leader don't you see tashi stared at the oncoming herd then he quietly unfixed his pistol and put it away in the holster we are saved sahib he said with the calm fatalism of the east the god of the elephants has sent them and he limped out from behind the rocks the two europeans followed him their foes had disappeared all but the dead and wounded badshaw for it was he swerved out of his course and came to them while the herd went on opening out to pass him as he sank to his knees before the humans tashi despite his wound climbed up to his neck while wargrave mounted behind him and muriel took her seat on the broad back clinging to her lover then the tusker rose and moved swiftly after the herd as he rounded the bend a strange sight met the eyes of those he carried their enemies were huddled together in terror near the brink of the tunnel from which the surging water rushed out some endeavored to pluck up courage to throw themselves into the river while the majority had turned to face the elephants but they were paralyzed with fright a few tried to discharge their firearms or loose their arrows with trembling hands as the elephants quickening their pace rushed on in an irresistible mass some of the men crazed with fright ran to meet them others flung themselves to the ground where they were but over both the great monsters passed treading them to pulp under their ponderous feet the animals of the mounted men as terrified as their riders swung about and sprang headlong into the river many of the men on foot did the same the heads of animals and men appeared and disappeared bobbing up and down then their bodies were rolled over and over tossed up on the waves and sucked under one by one they disappeared 
a few of the panic-stricken mob had tried to climb the precipitous cliffs in vain one however getting his hands into a narrow slanting crack dragged himself up a few feet it was the amban frank drew his pistol but muriel clung to his arm and cried oh spare the poor wretch tashi had no scruples but his magazine was empty and he searched in vain for a cartridge but yan shi hung's time had come badshaw's trunk shot out and caught the climber's ankle the chinaman was plucked from the face of the cliff and hurled to the ground a frenzied shriek burst from him as the tusk was driven into the shuddering body which in an instant was trodden to a bloody pulp muriel hid her face against her lover but the agony of the wretch's dying yell rang in her ears not one of their enemies was left alive then the elephants one by one slid and slithered down into the rushing water which was very little below the brink the mothers supported the youngest calves with their trunks the less immature climbing on to their backs tashi checked badshaw as he was about to follow the herd into the river and lame as he was slid down to the ground he searched the crushed and mangled corpses of his fellow countrymen and collected their girdles until he had enough to knot and plait into two ropes one to go about badshaw's neck the other around the great body more girdles sufficed to join these together and supply cords by which the men and the woman on his back could tie themselves on to the ropes and to each other securely when this was done badshaw slid into the river as elephants do he sank in the water until only the upper part of his head and the tip of his upright trunk were above it without the precaution that tashi had taken his riders would have been instantly swept away only elephants could have battled successfully with that raging torrent the upflung spray and leaping waves hid the herd from the fugitives as they clung desperately to the ropes and to each other eighteen months had gone by in the garden of the political agent's bungalow in rangadwar colonel dermot completely restored to health and his wife stood with his assistant major hunt and macdonald they were watching mrs wargrave who with brian and eileen clinging to her was holding out her two months old baby to a great elephant with a single tusk the animal raised its trunk as though in salute then lowering it gently touched with its sensitive tip the laughing infant whose tiny hand instinctively clutched it and held it fast with a smile muriel turned her head and looked at her husband badshaw has accepted him your son is free of the herd said colonel dermot End of chapter 15 Recording by
by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. End of the Jungle Girl by Gordon Casserly.